Countdown to kickoff continues ahead of Monday night football. The Bengals and the Jaguars coming up in time for our weekly conversation with pride of the Jaguars running back Fred Taylor. Well, first of all, Fred, congratulations in order again. Once again, a Hall of Fame semifinalist down to the 25. The next step, of course, as you know, and everybody knows, is to get you down to the 15 to get you in the room where the selectors have to talk about you. We've got to get you there, Fred. How are you? How are you feeling? JP, I'm good, man. Thank you so much. Uh, it feels good to be back amongst those uh, top 25 and be a semifinalist uh, for the fifth time, I believe. Uh, that's encouraging. You know, I, I think that, you know, the more opportunities I am a semifinalist, I, I should be able to crack the room, the top 15, as we like to call it, and be able to get in the room so where the conversation gets a bit more serious. Uh, and people pay a little bit more attention to you, uh, to your resume and the things you were able to do as a player. Um, I like my chances this year of, of getting in the room. Uh, chances of being, um, you know, uh, nominated for the, the the final five. You know, you kind of play, look at the list and do this and do that. You know, not that I'm being pessimistic, but I'm being more realistic. Uh, when you look at those guys, uh, breaking that list down. I think Julius Peppers got to go. Antonio Gates got to go. These are two guys who are uh, uh, statistically in the top five at their respective positions. Uh, Torrey Holt, he's been a semifinalist. I believe this is his 10th year. He's also been a finalist. So they have a backlog of receivers. They got to start clearing some of those guys out. So I believe they'll probably take two receivers this year. Maybe Torrey, maybe Reggie Wayne. Uh, Jared Allen, who's who had a monster career as well. Uh, I'm thinking about uh, Devin Hester, one of the greatest returners ever. You know, are they going to make him wait? Or are they going to look and say, hey, you're supposed to be in there? Uh, so when you try to crunch those numbers and say, how can we, it's five guys. Are they ever going to push it to seven? <laughs> like You can take two more, right? You can increase it by 20% or so and uh, create uh, uh, room and more space and get rid of a bit of a backlog there. But I don't know. You know, I, I say all that to say I'm thankful uh, when it happens. God timing is the best timing. But for now, JP, it's time for Monday Night Football in Duval, baby. And that's what it's about. Fred Taylor with us. All right, let's get to Monday Night Football. The first time the Jaguars have played on Monday night since 2011. It has been a long, long time. Wayne Weaver was the owner. Blaine Gabbert was the quarterback. Mel Tucker was the interim head coach. Maurice Jones-Drew had like 180 scrimmage yards in the game. Phillip Rivers threw three touchdowns. Uh, Mr. Weaver had announced the week before that he was going to sell the team and had fired Jack Del Rio. That's how long ago this was. So there's been a lot that has happened for the Jags franchise since 2011. To have this Monday night platform now means that there's stabilization. There's a quarterback. There's a head coach. There's an organization that is uh, balanced again and, and ready to move forward. And that's a, you know, that it takes all of that and a really good football team to be televised on Monday night. Yeah. Who needs chat GPT when we got chat JP Shad? Man, you just ran off a list of amazing things that happened. I mean, a long time ago, not necessarily amazing things, but just your memory and just recalling those events. Uh, Mr. Weaver still on him, Mel Tucker, uh, being a coach, the interim coach, 
Jack Slap, man, that's a, a long list. Mojo having an amazing uh, performance there. Uh, you know, but it, it, it's now here we are. You said it. You have to have a good team. You have to earn these. Uh, uh, well, Jacksonville has to earn these Monday night games because the Monday night game we saw a week ago, that Chicago, Minnesota stuff. You're like, why do you even put these teams on TV? But I digress. You know, I'm tired of seeing the Raiders on TV. I'm tired of seeing the Jets on prime time. Jacksonville has earned the right to play these primetime games. You have a, a star quarterback in the making. You have an amazing running back that he hands the ball off to. You have a defender who's in the top of uh, 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 in sacks and, and uh, our Josh Allen, not the other Josh Allen who's kind of going backwards, but our Josh Allen, he's making an impact on the defense and helping those guys lead the way and play as well as they've been playing. And that's what they're going to need Monday night versus Cincinnati is not as sexy as we thought it would be because they don't have Joe Burrow, but it's a Monday night game in Duval, in the first coast. You know, it gives our fans an opportunity to come out, be under the lights, uh, enjoy their tailgate all day. I'm not going to say what they're going to be doing out there, but you know what they're going to be doing out there, JP. And they're going to come in the stadium ready to root on their team. Who's going to walk away with a win? Because they know the impact. They know the magnitude. And I believe these guys are going to come out with a sense of urgency. And they're going to, you know, eat some bangles. Fred, as a player, when you saw Monday night on the schedule, what did that do for you? Is it At some point, it's still a football game. However, <laughs> the lights are on. It's the only game. It's the last game of the week. You know, JP, I just did a couple uh, interviews um, uh, to talk about Jack's USL, the soccer club that we're bringing to uh, Jacksonville. And I was asked the same question uh, for the most part. And it went a, a little something like this. My first Monday night game, I didn't know the magnitude of the game. All I knew was the night game. Back in Gainesville, <clears throat> we played plenty of games in the swamp under the lights. In high school, you play under the lights. So I'm thinking it's kind of the same thing almost, but it is so totally different. That atmosphere is, I mean, you can see the, the steam coming off your head. The stuff you used to look at Monday night games and see the players, especially when you play in the cold. But you don't need to play in the cold to get that steam. But it just looks so sexy, you know, coming off the players' heads. And I'm like, I got steam coming off my head. So that was kind of one of my first Monday night thoughts. Um, I was stretching on the sidelines, quick Monday night story, stretching on the sideline, 1998, my rookie year, Joe Sheehan former trainer who's now my really close friend. And uh, we're stretching. And I told Joe, man, this is going to be a good game. And Joe said, why don't you why don't you go and break one? Just take the first play and just go and break one. And then we'll come back and finish stretching. I hop up. The offense goes out. Very first play of Monday night. Coach Coughlin called a 39 boss, which is a stretch run outside zone to the left. I told myself all week, if Zach Thomas overcommits, I'm going to cut it back. Everything lined up beautifully. Much like I studied during the week, Zach overran the play. I cut it back, and I outran their entire defense. First play of my Monday night NFL career was a touchdown. I thought all Monday nights were going to be that way. <laughs> but uh, they're all exciting, equally exciting, and you get up for them. It's still a game, but the atmosphere, man, the players, we love it. I'm talking about we absolutely love it. And I think the fans do too. Fred Taylor, proud of the Jaguars running back with us. Let's get into this Jaguars team now, Fred. And and last week, 
So the Jaguars gave up the lead. It was 14-13 Houston. The Jags had missed some opportunities right before halftime and then a turnover at the start of the second half, and it was slipping a little bit. Well, after they lost the lead, the Jags' offense scored on their next two possessions, and the Jags' defense made stops on their next two possessions. And previous teams in different iterations of this Jags team would have wilted and just folded, and it's over, and here come the Texans. Not, no, no, not not this group. This this is a step in the <clears throat> progression for this organization and this team. When yeah, you lose the lead, but they know how to go get it back and 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 turn and flip that switch. It feels like now. Yeah, they don't flinch. You know, I love this group that they don't flinch. They they believe that they can go out there and they can make the plays that need to be made and get it done to put themselves in position to win. You know, and I think that starts with. Uh, Coach Peterson, you know, Doug, he just has this conviction and his confidence that, you know, we're going to make good things happen. You look at, you know, the, the the first and goal from the one with the second left prior to the half, you know, that was a decision that he didn't have to think twice about. Went out there, attempted it. It didn't work. They didn't they didn't get flustered. You know, it, it was st- stay the course, steady the course. And they went on about their game methodically as planned. And it didn't always go in the direction that they had hoped for. But it's the NFL. The other teams have to get credit as well for making plays and going out there competing and showing effort. Uh, this team plays with extreme effort. I think the um, the 49ers game, I think it woke them up. You know, I, I think it woke them up. And thankfully, it was at a point during the season where it ain't no more bye weeks. It's time to just go out there and play ball. It's time to regain our momentum, regain, you know, our confidence. Look at uh, Calvin Ridley. Didn't have a catch at the half. He went out there, finished with five catches, uh, almost 100 yards, uh, the big touchdown, the big two-point conversion. That's a confidence booster. Having Zay Jones back, a confidence booster. Uh, Being able to get some of those other guys back are going to, at different points of the season, going to be confidence boosters. So, this team believes in itself. I think they, they, they're they doing a good job of managing distractions and not paying attention to the outside noise and the, and the, and the late bandwagon people uh, that understand that they have a good team. Uh, they just got to, and I've always said this, they just got to handle themselves. Uh, that's what it's about uh, because they're the only team that can beat themselves. Uh, the Niners were a good team, but I think Jacksonville – uh, it should have been a closer game, even if they had lost, but they kind of beat themselves into a blowout. Uh, same with Kansas City, the red zone, uh, that 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 first Texans game with the uh, special team play, uh, and field goals, this, that, what have you. Um, they just have to stay focused, and they'll be a, a, a pretty good team to try and beat. Fred Taylor with us. All right, final thought with you here, Fred. I mean, the number one seed is still in sight. They need Kansas City to lose at some point. They got to keep winning, obviously, the Jaguars do. But you'll have a head-to-head chance against Baltimore in a couple weeks on Sunday night football. So six games to go. Everything's still out in front for this Jags team, and that's all the motivation you really need. If if they can somehow pull this number one seed out, that would be an all-timer. You know, that that would be an all-timer. I think the focus, JP, obviously, again, is uh, week to week. Uh, right here, Cincinnati is in town. 
You know, they got to beat the Bengals. They got to beat the Bengals. We said this in post game this week to week because here you still have a Texans team who isn't a bad team. I think their remaining strength of schedule is a lot lighter than what the Jags have. Uh, so Jacksonville just has to, again, worry about themselves and play week to week. Uh, they have, you know, the Bengals. They got the Browns. They have the Ravens, Tampa, Carolina, and the Titans. Uh, you would think, all right, they're a good enough team. They can beat these teams. But it's the NFL. Anybody can beat anybody. Uh, that number one seed, the way this team has played this year, they haven't been great at home. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's, it's sort of kind of like, do they want the number one seed for a fan base? Yes. Uh, for the comfort, the luxury of it? Yes. Uh, will it make them complacent? I don't know. Will they? Continue the streak of uh, not winning much at home. I, I, you know, I don't know, but um, I think if they continue to win out and KC loses that one game, I believe they will have an opportunity to uh, clinch that number one seed. Uh, but they got to win. You got to win. That's all. That's what it comes down to. The I say it's simple, but it's not. Uh, the simple thought is go win. The harder thought is to get out there each and every week to actually make it happen. But it starts here with the Bengals. Well, the lights are on. It's going to be a great night at the bank, and we'll talk to you afterwards in the postgame, Fred. I will be ready in the darkness.